in China podcast, where a British and an American girl satisfy all your curiosity and questions about what it's like to live in China today. And now your hosts, Holly and Nora. Hey everybody! Hello, we're back. We are. I'm Holly. This is Nora, and this is episode ninety-seven of the Two White Chicks in China. Thanks for listening once again. Yes. So I've got an update for everyone.、Um, so in episode ninety-three, we answered、uh, Chinese treasures question.、Um, basically,、uh, Shenzhen, which is the city that we live in, was、uh, had announced.、Um, Women-only carriages on the metro, and actually,、uh, the Monday just gone, which was the twenty-sixth of June,、um, these carriages were launched,、uh, and so I've seen some pictures. I haven't actually seen these,、um, the carriages. I I tend to use the bus more now, so I haven't seen them.、Um, but from the looks of things, they haven't actually done anything out of the ordinary. They're just signs on the outside, like there's a glass panel、um, for like safety. On a lot of metro stations, and they've just added in a sign that says、um, "women." You know, I don't even think it says "women only." It's 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 sort of like women friendly、uh, carriages. It's, it's something to that effect, is what it says.、Um, and so I saw pictures of them in use. Most of them were being used、um, by young girls, like young students,、um, but there were definitely men in there, and I think. That you know there was no, there didn't seem to be any any issues. I guess if, I, I guess it's like women can go in there,、um, you know, if if they get there first. But if the space men are allowed into, there's no one saying men cannot go in.、Um, but who knows? Who knows what will happen at the moment? I don't know. There doesn't seem to be. Of course, on you know netizens, are, you know it's it's caused controversy. Of course, these things are going to. But at the moment, everything seems to be kind of. I don't know. Nothing's happening. <laughs> yes, just as it is. <laughs> seen some people in the WeChat group saying、right. that they've seen these,、um, and then that there were men sitting on them and stuff.、Um, and again, like just to reiterate what my opinion of this is from episode ninety three is、mm. that like I don't see how this is going. To, they're going to have to retrain all these people not to use like all these men not to use、yeah. the car. Men are just gonna get on it yeah, the same way that they would get on a regular yeah. car. Yeah, but I can see that they are being used. Like honestly, I thought people might be put off.、Um, you know, there's, you know, some. I mean, it's segregation in a way, and it can cause more problems than it's worth. So I, I, I thought that some people might just not use them out of like, oh well, I don't want to, you know, cause issues here because it could. Who knows? We'll see what happens. But I just wanted to give you a bit of an update on that situation. I heard that they're also doing that in, I think, in Germany now. They started doing、oh, that. I didn't see that. Yeah, or, yeah. I'm trying to remember if it was. It was some Western European country that they also started introducing、right. this. No doubt, I, it'll pick up all over the place. I mean,、mm, I think. Yeah, I think the one in Western Europe is. Well, maybe I'll just keep my. I have some opinions about why they. Suddenly started popping、uh, up, but I'll maybe keep my opinions to myself for now because it's not about real China. <laughs> Sorry, I digress. Let's <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> okay, so、um, I'll move on to our news article. There's been some crackers this week, and it was really hard for me to choose. But I'd already chosen one because I think it's super interesting. But 
there's other articles that I, I didn't choose, like um, people making noodles in Hong Kong in Hong Kong airport. Uh, a woman gets fined 10 kwai for sitting on top of a moving car on a motorway. That's just incredible, that. Or oh, a guy who gets pulled over and flashes his fake CIA badge. <laughs> <laughs> which is was by far my favorite. But anyway, I've chosen this one, which was about um, basically 400 people have been found in a Beijing basement uh, living basically underneath this very, very expensive apartment complex. Uh, so it's quite well known that underneath Beijing there are like these, what were like bunkers that were used. Um, but this, this uh, yeah, they didn't know they were down there. Uh, until the people in this garden suddenly got suspicious when they started to see unfamiliar faces walking around in their complex. And it turns out they found like this, uh, there was a door in one of the basements and it just opened up into this sort of warren of, of, um, rooms underneath their complex. 400 yeah, people? Yeah, 400 people, yeah. Yeah, so it was, it's like divided into dormitories, complete with kitchens and even a smoking room. And they're, they're quite like small, small spaces. Um, and so basically this has come because people can't afford the housing in Beijing. And there was some, some people gave estimates that apparently it can be as low as like $20 a month for a space in a dormitory room. I don't know how accurate that is. I mean, I know that it's, it can be quite reasonable, but when you consider the amount of money that these people have paid, it's, it can be quite a lot, I think. Um, but they've done more recent studies and they reckon that the average monthly rent in Beijing uh, had climbed to approximately 4,550 RMB, which is about $666 or £523, which is um, 60% more than it was in 2010. Wow. It's just rather a large increase. Um, I think, didn't we touch on rent when we... Answer, was it... To, uh, 92, did we? Uh, episode 92, maybe? Anyway, we, we briefly touched on the price of rent in Shenzhen and how it's a lot more expensive here than in our own countries, I think. Right. Yeah, so it's a lot of money. And these, I imagine this, it doesn't say what like size of apartment that is, but I bet it's only a small one. Or shared. Like or shared. People. Could be. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting, right? Wow, that's so, I mean, I guess the entry point must be outside of this complex, right? And then they also just have, have an additional door Perhaps, yeah. within the complex, yeah. so people are just, like, popping in. Right, it doesn't actually say, it doesn't say, um, oh, actually it does, it says that there's only one emergency exit, which is actually in the, located in this gardens. Oh, that's how it explains it, it describes it anyway. So I don't know, I don't know how they got in or how they found it, how they, you know, like, how it started. Um, but there has, there have been, you know, in the 70s and 80s, there were definitely people living under the city. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, fi- I often find fascinating just, like, the layers, I mm. mean, literal, literal layers of the city in Shenzhen as well. Um, there are some, like, near Chugong Miao metro station, which is essentially located, um, and, like, a transfer point. I don't know how many levels underground. I don't it know. Goes. Yeah, it's a, it's crazy. And you know, we I I think again we mentioned in a previous episode there had been lots of rain here, and that 
particular metro station was severely flooded it's got to be the reason because there's so many sort of layers and like what it is like i mean you can go really far underground there it's like and it's another like a world. city under um, there yeah, it is, too it is, right because yeah. they've got several of these shopping streets and you get the impression that you're outside or on mm, street level peculiar. yeah because they'll have like plants down there and they have natural lighting because it's like kind of open air in a in a way mm, in some spot is yeah and it feels like you're kind of outside the way that they've just kind of the architecture of the streets and stuff like mm. that or the the shops and and so you'll go up an escalator and you'll still be underground and yeah. it'll be like where how how many levels do I have to go up to actually get outside mm-hmm. and in addition to those kind of like underground cities like there's actually now an entire network of this kind of like underground shopping city it's peculiar yeah it's called link city and it's stretching you you see sun like popping up more and more mm. uh it's just growing i don't know how to describe it but it's just like this growing underground <laughs> city city yeah. yeah and um in addition to those underground areas they also have like shenzhen is creating like a layer above overground yeah it's pretty yeah cool. so you'll have like grass and trees but you'll mm-hmm. be like elevated above yeah the sea. so you you get the impression again that you're at street level but actually you're like hovering above right. and this is like stretches on for a mm-hmm. long time like they're creating this path that stretches like across the entire central part of the city where you can like ride a bike basically like yeah. above the city at like three stories up in the air or something like mm-hmm. that so it's a very strange and interesting like infrastructure Definitely. here yeah what's interesting about that is oh what i like about it is that even though you're actually this is like right in smack bang in the center of the city but actually once you're up there it's quite peaceful mm-hmm. like you can easily get lost in fact i think i, I mentioned um that barrett and i had taken our dog over there and just gotten totally lost and found ourselves in a much different spot than we thought we were or we we just we couldn't get we couldn't get it out basically we'd gotten into this maze of you know paths and things i mean which was it wasn't a big a big issue um <laughs> but it was you know you, it is like a complete world, different world up there it's really cool yeah it's a kind of um twists your perception a little yeah. bit i feel like hong kong also has that but also just because like hong kong is so hilly so they have similar things where it's like you're not really sure where mm. the ground like where's the ground right <laughs> but here it's I mean, there are mountains, like, kind of nor- slightly north of the main part of the city, mm. which gives it a really nice, like, landscape. Looks really nice. You can see these mountains everywhere. But the city itself is relatively flat. Yeah. And so when you've got all these layers on a flat surface, it's, it's like, double confused. It's like, how, how, how did this happen? Mm. And the way they do it is really clever, and the use of space is really clever. And so it's fascinating, like, how much stuff they can fit on one small piece of land. Yeah. Yeah, they often do that with malls, don't they, as well? Like, mm-hmm. the the central uh, mall, uh, Coco Park, is on so many different levels. And even I've been there hundreds of times, I still get confused as to which level is which. Or to when I'm going in, it's like you go in on one level and then you can go up or you can go down even further. But that's like a completely different level outside. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Central Walk, another mall, right. is also... I read a little bit about that one. It's 
the reason, because most of that exists underground. Yes. It's only yes. got one, really only like one yeah. level that's yeah. above the ground and the rest of it's all underneath. Yeah. And a part of that is just because of energy efficiency, because it's so hot here and they like to keep the malls like super mm. cold. So they've popped solar panels on the roof of the place and then kept everything underground so it's a very actually it's a very green building Mm -hmm. but it's a similar thing like you think you're on street level you go up you still got a more layers to go yeah Yeah, and you can walk on that roof that's where the one of the paths goes like over there and it's it's all grass it's like it's all green and stuff and i've seen those panels it's cool yeah very interesting (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're living in the future we are in a way. I mean, look at the um, Ping An building. That's kind of futuristic, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's I number think. four tallest building in the world right now. And I heard it's the tallest one in Asia. Oh, yeah? Well, maybe like South. Like, let's not count Dubai. Let's let's say South or like yeah. East Asia, whatever the proper terminology is. The tallest building in East Asia, the Ping An building, which is right here in the center of Shenzhen. Isn't there some competition, I think, going on now in Shanghai? I think they're trying to compete. Oh, I'm trying sure. to beat it. I think it's a gorgeous building, though. I'm mm. not really one for skyscrapers, but just it's, it's a impressive. Really, it's a really beautiful building. It's yeah. one of the because they have a couple other very large, like the previous tallest building in Shenzhen was the KK building, and then before that it was the Diwang mm. Dasha, and neither of those were particularly interesting really. to look at. But the Pingans. That is a sexy building, if I must say. <laughs> and I think it's interesting because we've seen it get, we've seen the progress, like we've seen how long it's taken to build it, we've seen it, you know, the, the all the, the different stages it's been through, which makes it even more interesting. Yeah. And when you see people like skirting around on their electric unicycles and like other kinds of like, because electric unicycles are really big in Shenzhen just yeah. because so many are manufactured here. So when you combine that with this like, multi-tiered landscape with these massively tall buildings it becomes really interesting Mm. you really do feel like it's futuristic people just scanning the qr codes on bikes pops open Mm. like umbrellas also that are you just grab an umbrella scan the qr code and use it yourself like things like this and like the way that um just kind of purchasing products in well, this is all over China. You just scan the QR code and you can use your WeChat. Like, people don't even bring cash or wallets really with them much anymore. No. They just have their phone and they use um, WeChat to buy everything or Alipay. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's really it does feel futuristic, especially considering how the city looked even five years ago. What a massive jump. Changed. Yeah. Yeah. Super interesting. Mm. So I think that... It, uh, Go, fits well with our question because we're now going to look at something completely not futuristic. Ah. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to let Jimmy uh, give us his question. Here we go. Hi, this is Jimmy in Austin, Texas, the United States. Uh, recently, my girlfriend and I accepted positions in Xi'an, China to teach English. And we're listening to all your episodes and we really appreciate all the help. You guys have been really, really instrumental in helping us and, and figuring out what to do and going to China. And so uh, recommend it to anybody who is planning on going to China. Our question is, we saw, listened on episode 29 that Holly, um, you are left-handed. Actually, my girlfriend and I are both left-handed. We wanted to know what you could offer to us and why it's so different there and, and seeing it's so weird. Um, we obviously know that it's more unusual and people mostly do things with right and left hand is unclean. But what's your stories? You had some stories. We'd really be interested to hear uh, what you have to say about that. Thanks. 
Thanks, Thank Jimmy. You. Yeah, this will be really fun, I think, for you and your girlfriend, this experience teaching English in in China. Mm-hmm. So looking forward to hearing about your adventures. Please keep us updated. Yes, indeed. So I guess I know I, I guess this is a little bit of a one sided question, but we're gonna um we're gonna take it into another area. Um so I, I did a bit of I mean I obviously have had my own experiences of being left handed in China. Um but there was quite a bit of information out there that I found like really interesting. So um interesting fact only 1% of people in China are left-handed, while the global average is between 10 and 12%. Not such a surprise. Um, Admittedly left-handed, I think, is it? <laughs> right, yeah, maybe, yeah. So, one of the, so, um, Jimmy said in his question, like, he understands that in some cultures, being left-handed is like, or the left hand is like the dirty hand. So I found some information about, um, why left is the bad side in China. So, it says that, in ancient China, the adjective left means improper or out of accord. For instance, the phrase left path stands for illegal or immoral means. In some parts of China, some adults can still remember suffering um, for the crime of not learning to be right-handed in both primary and secondary schools, as well as in some keeping good-faced families. Uh, the thing is, though, this is not really just in China. This is all over the world. And in fact, still today... Um, there are a lot of countries that it's still classed as like unlucky to be born left-handed. Um, in many Muslim parts of the world, Africa as well as India, as Jimmy said, left-handed is considered the dirty hand, and it's offensive to offer that hand to someone. Um, so this like dis- <laughs> discrimination is not like something new, or not just in China, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so I my like my understanding of why left-handed was bad was it was just one of those things like China had decided like it's different being left-handed is different you're the minority so therefore we don't like it it's one of those no why things and I'd never questioned it until I looked into it more and this is just purely my like ignorance but most the the reason for it was because um of a when 90% of your population is right-handed um it's difficult to teach people to write Chinese characters with the left hand. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's the reasoning, anyway, behind it. So I found, um, I came across this article um, written by a woman who's, uh, she's, li- she's a foreigner living in China, and she says, she's also left-handed, and she said, occasionally a person would go a step further and declare, you can't write Chinese characters with your left hand. If I jot down a character or two to demonstrate that I do, in fact, write Chinese left-handed, my show-and-tell will often be dismissed. Maybe you can write them, but they're not right. Even when my stroke order is perfect, the sequence in which you compose a character really matters in Chinese. And the character is technically correct. My left slanting characters will never be viewed as right. (laughs) I found that that really interesting. How about when you write characters holly do you also write them in the stroke order that they should be or yeah is it... the stroke order is not an issue yeah because Ch- chinese characters are generally written from left to right so it would be more it would be more difficult writing it with a left hand just because you well, have to trail your any pen. i mean unless i was from a country which language started the other way the other way right that it's always an issue and even as a child like i always had issues with smudgy pens Mm -hmm. that's just 
all left-handed people have experienced this thing where you you write and you want beautiful handwriting especially girls they always want really pretty writing and it smudges because you uh you scuff your hand like yeah, press a trail over the paper right, which that's is already been written on you yeah. often you might see left-handed people it's difficult obviously you're on a podcast you can't see what i'm doing but left-handed people out there or you've probably seen a left-handed person do it where basically their hand is like curled over like they're writing almost upside down but i don't do that i write like a right-handed person with the left hand okay so you've just learned to buy the pens that don't yeah yeah like and i still make bending. a mistake now i still do it <laughs> but as far as the chinese because it sounds like this person who is writing is trying to write the characters in the opposite stroke like so the strokes are what correct but it mean? sounds like the order is no she says my stroke order is perfect oh yeah but it's still that they're just people. I guess because left-handed people tend to, I guess the slant. You because some people don't write straight on. Like they don't write. I don't know exactly with the page. They might turn the paper sideways to to write more comfortably. So perhaps she's got a certain slant to the characters, which doesn't look right. Mm. I'm not sure. I, I, there was there were no pictures with the article. I don't think. So I'm not really sure about that. Um, to be honest, have you have you ever tried doing Chinese calligraphy at all? Like, gone had somebody mm, instruct you how do you do no, Chinese calligraphy? No. Yeah, because I, I suspect I'd f- have challenges with that. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling that they would insist you use your right hand because there's like a very specific right. method to calligraphy and like how you hold. Like, doesn't matter how because when you have your own style of handwriting, you can kind of hold the pen how you want, right? But with calligraphy, they have a very specific. Yeah way of holding the pen mm-hmm. so i have a very strong inclination that they would completely refuse like not allow you <laughs> not to allow use your to. left hand to do it yeah they possibly. would just say no <laughs> yeah well um so jimmy said that in a previous episode i had mentioned about one of my uh like something that had happened to me because i was using my left hand but so i'll just tell the story again because i don't really have any stories other than I've got two situations of being left-handed here um so when I was still teaching um the classrooms where we taught opened up into a hallway and the windows were open so I'm sat I'm I'm stood writing some reports against the window and there was a grandma who was sort of wandering around and she came over to me and uh seeing that I was writing with the left hand, she took the pen out of my left hand <laughs> and placed it into the right hand <laughs> and just gave me this sort of like nod of approval, like this is the right way to do it. And I and I was just so gobsmacked I had no response. I don't even remember what I did other than just like think, What the heck? Like, what did you just do? Um I love that. That's just like so ludicrous. Like, it is, oh, and now it? you can do yeah, it with you your can right do it. hand. This magically. is the correct way. Yeah. You're fixed. Yeah. You need to be fixed. I've only been doing this, you know, writing this way for the last 25 years, you know, like. <laughs> Thanks, Nana. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that's so funny. I'm sure other people have also had those experiences. Um, but people do notice, for sure, like. Um, I don't know, I, I guess like left-handed people, once that when they see other lefties, that we see each other as like, uh, you know, friends, like we have some sort of bond, <laughs> so you're like, oh, you're a lefty too. 
Uh, and especially here, it's even more unusual. So you do find yourself like you do notice it more. Mm-hmm. And I'm always, I always cause problems. Like eating with a knife and fork somehow seems uh, much less of a problem than eating with chopsticks here. Uh. So I always find myself, and especially eating at round tables. <laughs> It's just like such an issue. Like I always have to like try and keep my sort of elbow in and eat like it's very difficult. Especially when you're tightly compact with other people. I never thought about that. Yeah. Um, So if if there's a square table, I'm often on the end or face like on the left side just to make it easier for other people. As a right hander, (laughs) I have to say I'm just like, not even aware of this problem <laughs> at all, you know, like, okay, I know you're left-handed, yeah. but I, I didn't even think about how, actually, how much of a challenge it is to live in such, like, a right-hand dominated society <laughs> until one day I tried to use your left-handed scissors. <laughs> With my right hand, I was like, oh my gosh, this is really hard, because I always thought, like, oh, you, like, why would you need special right. scissors? Like, it should work both ways, you know? But actually yeah. trying to use how awkward it felt to right. use the left-handed scissors with my right hand. I was <laughs> like, oh, wow, this really does make a big difference. And yeah. a lot of equipment is designed just for mm. right-handed use only. Yeah. I have big issues with um, t- uh, tin openers. <laughs> oh, yeah. That just messes me up so much. <laughs> so now I've learned to open a tin with a knife. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, um, I have another one more story where this isn't as this isn't really a funny one. It's just a story of um. So I, I taught, um, I, t- I taught a young girl. She was about eight, eight seven or eight, and the par- her parents that there was a younger brother. She, he was about three or four, and he was naturally inclined to be left-handed. And the mum asked me. Obviously, I was left-handed. We ate dinner together, and she said to me. Oh, do you think that I should let him be left-handed? <laughs> and of course, I don't. I mean, I had been in China long enough to know better, but I was almost like, I feel like you have more, you're more aware of the West, and you're you're asking me this question, so I'm just gonna be honest with you. And I said, if it was me, of course, like I. I said, I like being left-handed. It makes me different. And I think that was the clincher. I saw I, I, I saw her face when I said, oh, I like being different. And she was like, <gasps> okay, now now he's going to be right-handed. He's not going to be different. <laughs> no. Um, but I said, oh, you know, I guess at the school, the kindergarten, because actually that was where I taught at the time, um, perhaps the teachers had started to um, put the pen in his other hand or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think it's it's as, it's like that as much now. You mean you think that they allow them to be left-handed? Yeah, I think it's more. I think it's a little bit more. It's 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 not as a big. It's not much that. Sorry, <laughs> it's not such a big deal anymore. I but I'm not sure. I'm not. I can't remember kids in my class being forced to use the other hand. And there was definitely left-handed kids in my classes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd imagine it's probably more lax than previously because i'm sure in previous generations it was like unacceptable to use your life actually it was like that in the west as well in a lot of societies yeah Yeah. it it was even in the u.s i discovered like even in the 60s and 70s Mm -hmm. but with china it's even particularly um like it's it's continued into the modern era just for a lot of a lot of it is cultural because yeah. generally speaking in China, like in the West, we talk about individuality and being different and like standing out mm-hmm. and like, 
independence and all this stuff. But in China, they they talk more about like being part of the majority, right? Standing out is dangerous. The grass, the blade of grass that grows taller than the others, will get cut down. Like the bird who sings loud will be shot. Like all of these metaphors that they have to、yeah. warn people to like stick with the group. Yeah. And so this is just another instance of that.、Mm-hmm. Like being different is generally not something that's desirable in China.、Definitely、whereas、not. in the West world, everybody wants to be different so much so that I feel like now the mainstream is of people who all like they think they they look they're trying to be different so badly that they all look they're the all same. the same. Yeah. Yeah, which is a really interesting phenomenon. So they have like now、oh, they've had this、mm. like norm core movement、mm. in recent years. People wanting to like go back to being normal because then actually they're different because everybody else is trying to avoid being normal. So <laughs> it's it's very bizarre. Like I guess generation through generation, everybody at least Western. Culture, like people are trying to distinguish themselves from others, for to distinguish themselves from the previous generation. But in China, it's like a continuation of the past. Like the past、mm-hmm. is like when you introduce a new product in China, you have more success if you link it to the past. Like try to teach people that actually this is not a new invention. It's just a better interpretation,、mm. like a clearer interpretation of something from the past. And you can see that through the literature too. Like some of the best literature is that which is like a a more let's say a more accurate. People come out with like more accurate interpretation、right. of something from the past. So the innovation in general is just not、mm. seen as something highly valued in China, which also kind of sh- gives you a little information for why there isn't as much innovation in China as in.、Um, Neighboring co- countries or other countries in the West, yeah. but yeah, being different is not. So I, I don't know. Like if I, in that context, if those parents approach me, I would probably say like, "Hey, you know, I if I if your child is planning to live in the West for the rest of their life, by all means, let、yeah. them be whoever they want to be, left-handed. But if they're gonna be living in the society, they're gonna." Continually、yeah. on a daily basis have struggles based on left-handed. You're gonna have remarks from their colleagues, from their professors, from their employers about this left-handedness, and it's gonna be、mm. a problem for them for the rest of their life. I mean, for this generation, it's not changing anytime soon. I don't think, like,、mm. on a, not very drastically at least.、No. I would hope that it would become a little, yeah, like not so big an issue, like. Because I, I think think so, I, but I, I think it'll、see. be、we'll、way、see. slower than you'd imagine. Yeah, oh, probably. Because I've n- I don't recall ever meeting an adult, a, a Chinese adult who was left-handed.、Mm. So there isn't anyone who's、uh, accidentally like slipped through the net, you know, that that somehow didn't, you know, I don't know, being right-handed didn't stick or something. I don't know. I found this <laughs> interesting article from this, and we can link to it in the show notes. That's called his his. The his name was Dan Dan. I don't know if you came across this article when no, you were doing this research. It was really、so. interesting. So he is a Chinese person, and he's talking. He has lived in America、mm. for the last several years, and so he's talking about his、um, view of how left hand, like how left handedness,、mm. has changed from moving to the West. And he said、uh, initially he thought left handers to be lunatics, like total lunatics, because that's like what he was raised to believe that、Great. they were just these like outlandish lunatics. So he was born. He was born in China. He was born in China. Lived 
a significant part of his oh, okay. young, you know, like right. life in China. And I, I believe as a teenager, okay. then he goes to the West, right. and he's gone to school now in the West, yeah. and he's lived there for several years. So his he's seeing like you know both sides. Yeah. So he was saying um, just that he could not believe, like, when he first went to class and one of his professors was writing on the board with his left hand and he was shocked and yeah. he even said, like, oh, you're writing with your left hand, you know, like, he couldn't believe. He's like, I couldn't believe a left-handed person could become a professor, you know, like, it's such strong bias towards left-handers. It's a really interesting oh, article wow. to read about, like, and it's very well written about his experience. I'd like to read that yeah. yeah it's really interesting right. i'll definitely send you the link and you can put it on the show notes for episode 93 it's really really funny wow. yeah cool and he also just kind of discusses what i just mentioned about um how differences in china are are seen as like dangerous and you know not wanted definitely yeah yeah um so maybe that's a good time for us to Take it to the next section. Oh, okay. So, yeah, as Nara said, like, being different in China is definitely perceived negatively. <laughs> and um, one of the big things is that, uh, is about d people with disabilities are relatively unseen, I think. Um, we've, I think we've, we've sort of discussed this before in previous podcasts, like, you don't see people with disabilities on the streets. You don't see people in wheelchairs or um, people with guide dogs or whatever else. And those people are sort of, I don't know, hidden away, I guess. In, in you know, we don't know, I don't know where, but they're somewhere else. <laughs> it's like shameful for their families yeah. and for themselves to be <clears throat> out. It's Yeah, it's really shocking to think of it in like we were just talking about how futuristic shenzhen is and all these cool things that right. are happening here and then you've got this very what i as a westerner consider antiquated view of um the people's disabilities and their position in society you actually you have this really um uh like useful and and probably very expensive system in on the streets that guide the blind people. So, like, everywhere you go in China, you can see these specially made tiles right, the, like that the, line the streets mm -hmm. that have stripes. There's ones with stripes and there's ones with dots. And so anywhere you go in China, all the streets, there's always this, like, guide mm -hmm. for blind people. Like, when you get to the corner of the street, right. there's the one with the dots. Yeah. So if you're walking along with a walking stick, the lines guide yeah. them. And also there's one that, like, helps them know where the intersections are and oh, really? stuff. So there's, like, I'm not exactly sure how that one looks. But you can kind of watch the patterns as you're walking around in China. And those are specifically made so that people with walking sticks can very easily navigate the city. Mm. And yet I never you see never any see blind people. Exactly. Yeah. Um... Like, where are they? <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I, I also have the same question. So, um, I found, obviously, like, I found some information. Um, and so we, we've, as we've said, like, people with disabilities are not, like, m for the most part, they're not in mainstream education. They don't have ordinary jobs. Um, and they reckon that China has an estimated 83 million people with disabilities, of which they're all, they're just not, they're not 
out there with us. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the big things is, um, according, I found this um, article on BigThink.com. It says 95% of orphans in China have special needs, um, basically <gasps> because most of the time, if you have a child with a disability, they're basically given away because if you can only have one child, you don't want that one child to be disabled. You want to try again and have a healthy boy, hopefully, who can carry on the family name, I guess. Well, yeah, and it's also about financial stability. This is like a necessity, not just like, because you might say, oh, that's so mean. But actually, if your livelihood depends on your children being able to Mm. earn for your whole family, not just for themselves, but for your whole family, then you have to take it. It's 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 desperation. It's, it's not. It's I mean, not, nobody yeah. wants to give a child away, but I mean, this is desperation here. So yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, um, I I I'm sure you've come across this, Nara, about the the kingdom of the little people in Kunming. Ah, uh, I wanted to touch on this because dwarf it's, village. Yeah, it's this is this is mental. It's basically a theme park, um, and, and some of you may have seen this because it was on. Um, it was on a show, uh, An Idiot Abroad, uh, and Carl Pilkington goes to um, the Dwarf Village and, yeah, says a lot of things that, I mean, he, he's, you know, people have taken the mick out of him because of what he, how he reacts to this place. And it's it's like they do shows and they'll, they dress up and they live in these tiny little houses like... Um, they're like mushroom-shaped houses, Yeah, right? they're like munchkins, basically. Tra- tra- like those ca- the characters from um, The Wizard of Oz and that kind of thing. They live in these tiny little houses. And it, it, uh, they're, they're just they're trapped like clams, basically. And not like humans. Not like human beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just wanted to... I remember when I first saw this article about this dwarf village or, mm. you know, however they... Little People Kingdom. Or yeah, the Kingdom of the Little People is what kingdom it's Kingdom of the Little People, yeah, where it's like any little person in China can come live there and work there. Mm. And of course, my initial in- reaction was just being completely appalled by it. Yeah. Um, but given the context, like, little people, I do, I have seen a couple little people in the streets yeah. in Shenzhen. Yeah, um, very few. Very few, and they're very easy to spot, so I feel like I see the same ones often, just because it's very easy to distinguish them. But um, they, I think, struggle quite a bit in society. And I this, so. Yeah, and this is actually a place where they can socialize with other people who have similar struggles. Mm-hmm. Everything in the village is made to their size. Like, they feel like they belong. Okay, they live in a mushroom house. It's, like, so ridiculous. And they also have costumes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's very, yeah, it's very, like, cartoonized. Mm -hmm. And it's, what I would say is humiliating. But I've heard, I read a few interviews from people who live in this village and who said, like, this is actually so great for them compared to the alternative. Right. Like, of course, any of those people, I'm sure, will prefer to join society right. as quote-unquote yeah. normal yeah. members of the society, but they don't have that option right. here. Yeah. And so this for them, like, people have said, like, hey, yeah, I know it sounds ridiculous, but I can do anything I want here. Like, some of them, they play the violin or mm. they, like, perfect some kind of handicraft. They're like, I actually do what I enjoy. I'm paid for it. I live in a community that's clean and safe for me and that includes a lot of people who have similar struggles as I do. Yeah. 
it's not that bad. And so after reading the articles from what they had to say, I was kind of left with mixed feelings. Mm. I'm like, hmm. Yeah, on one hand, it's like, it's sad that this is, this, this exists. But at the same time, what's, yeah, like you say, what's the alternative? They're probably going to be, um, people are not going to accept them. Um, they probably wouldn't be able to get a job. They would probably live in poverty and struggle. And so, yeah, it's a, it's cash 22, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like the, the way that disability is, um, it, how China views disability on the whole is, is not very positive. But I recently read an article about, um, a, a guy called, um, Zhou, uh, Hong, Hong Yen, um, and he graduated from Harvard very recently and, the big thing about this is that he had cerebral palsy, so he's Chinese, obviously. Um, but his his mother basically looked after him and made sure that he had a good life. Um, she, her husband, when, when he was born and he they, they discovered that he had this disability, um, the mother's uh, uh, husband left. Mm-hmm. And so she, she was just left to look after him by herself. She worked several jobs. And I'm sure there are lots of stories out there, and, and I, I feel like it's... It's sad that I'm picking up on this one story because, but the truth is that most most parents would just give the child away, or put them in some sort of home or whatever they wherever these children go, um, orphanages or whatever. So yeah, there's a nice story that comes out of this, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there are some. But yeah, you're right. It's not unfortunately, it's not the majority. Just yeah, it's so fierce the competitive like even people who are slightly shorter. In China, mm. or tall, yeah. even or tall. Well, you try tall, like a freak as well, I think. Yeah, at, but um, like if you're too tall, for sure. Yeah, but they tend to like favor tall people. Yeah, it's like, more attractive, isn't it? Yeah, so even if you're like slightly too short, like you have to put your height on resumes for jobs. Mm-hmm. Like employers will prefer taller people. It's, I mean, it's like that. So imagine if you have a more obvious like disability. I wouldn't consider height disability no. but um if you have something more obvious nobody is gonna like want to hire you yeah well we've talked about this kind of thing before haven't we like actually how how much control um potential uh, employers have over cho- choosing you like on in the west i think you have to you can declare less and less like you don't have to say whether you're married just in case they say oh well she's 28 and she's married she's probably gonna have want to have kids and we're gonna have to pay for her mm-hmm. like those things still exist here there's there are, there are you know you have to be pretty honest about your life i think mm-hmm. which is very different to the west mm-hmm. definitely. definitely yeah in the west it's like now there's like i don't know 20 different options for gender in some places <sighs> like <Probably>, yeah <laughs> whoa and, or like you can say other and you don't have to declare what you are right um but yeah in china forget it you need to tell you need to say everything you need to have a photo you need to say mm-hmm. how tall you are you need to say where you're educated i mean they give you like a lot of detail your age all that stuff like holly was saying um so it's yeah it's just it's like that so people who are different are definitely not at an advantage here no i feel like in the west some people like um, if they have some kind of disability, then they really make it known. Mm-hmm. And, like, like, um, how do I describe it? Like, 
people who uh, have issues, they like be more public about it and like they could potentially like join groups and talk about their disability yeah. or they're just like... There's most of as well. Yeah, or they just like openly talk about it to their friends and stuff like that or like mention it in casual conversation. But in China, those things are like swept under the rug. Oh, if you definitely. have something like that, like let's say you're like blind in one eye or something, you may never know that about somebody. Yeah. Because they will hide that from you. Right. They don't want people to know that they're mm. different um maybe this is another topic but also things like mental health as well i mean maybe yeah it is a different topic but i don't think pe- the support or people talk about those things here oh either. definitely not like depression is not a thing that nope. exists here nope. a lot of those mental health right. issues just they aren't spoken yeah. about but you do hear a lot of cases of suicide which is you know, yeah. there's a lot of that, but no one talks about anyone, you know, having depression. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like death in general too, like especially mm. like caused by yourself or something you've done to yourself by like drug use and stuff. That stuff is not. It's oh, like yeah. really shameful. Definitely, if that exists in your family, and so people just don't don't discuss it. Right. So it's yeah, it's really it's very quite different from the West. Mm-hmm. They don't have therapists like psychotherapists yeah. in China. I mean, maybe that's something I, that's on their eyes. I but... think so. I think it is. I think it's almost like, um, you know, like a, a f- I don't want to use the word fad exactly, but something that They've rich the people West. do because, yeah, because it's in the, the West. Mm-hmm. Um, I, had, I have a teeny story about a situation that I heard recently about a child. Um hurt themselves and the parents took the child to see a therapist um because of the trauma that experienced they it was i mean it was they were playing and they they ran through a glass a piece of glass and they took the child to the therapist oh come on yeah (laughs) don't get me started (laughs) yeah yeah. anyway so so that's an example i think that you know they, they use it to their advantage anyway um, we, I think we could talk a lot about the subject, but maybe that could be for another, uh, episode. Yeah, it's slightly off the left-handed topic. Yeah, but it's, it, but I think that as you, as I think really, you, you said it really well, that being left-handed is some sort of, like, is classed as, like, a disability in a way. It it's is, something that no one wants is... to talk about, you, or you, like, you, you looked at, like, you're a freak, which a lot of people with disabilities are here too. Mm-hmm. So, sort of, and it's, I know it's a far stretch, but anyway. Yeah. Um, Nora, do you have a word of the week for us? Yeah, I thought the a useful word for this um, podcast would be non. The word for non-mainstream. Oh, or like niche. Great. Yeah. Cool. Or like minority. So that's okay. Xiao Zhong. Okay. And it's very literal. Xiao is like small means small Xiao, mm. and Zhong is just like a group. So Xiao Zhong, cool. like, so that 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 means minority or non-mainstream Great. in Chinese. So check that out. Hey, yeah. if you're left-handed in China, or if you have any other disability, just kidding, it's not a disability. But if you have any other thing that <laughs> distinguishes you from yeah, the from, average, yeah, the norm, yeah. um, and have some stories to tell us, it would be really cool if you shared that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you could. So you can go to writtenchinese.com/episode. Uh, 97, or you can leave us a voicemail. That's writtenchinese.com slash voicemail. If you've, you can, I mean, if you've got a story, you can tell us in a voicemail. We can still add that to the podcast. That would be really cool. Or if you've got a question for us, you can do that there. Um, before we head off, I do 
want to let you know that uh, this coming Sunday, August 13th, is International Left-Handers Day. Ah, so we can celebrate together. Well timed. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Excellent. Okay. You got any got anything to say before we before we say bye? No, just leave us your questions and um, also any of our Chinese audience who has been like born or raised oh, in yeah. China or have experience with this would be really cool if they also shared their if they've had any or anyone yeah if they've had any changes <laughs> of heart after moving to the West or vice mm-hmm. versa that would be really cool to hear that's yes, a very unusual experience and we would love to hear all about it absolutely. So leave us a line. Cool. All right. Tune in next week. Bye. Bye.